It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, the Thursday edition, Scott Branson from the NFL Combine, along with my partner, Mo Moten. Make sure you follow Mo. He's the senior NFL writer up on Bleacher Report. Also, you can follow him on x.com at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and the show is SND Today. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your audio. Okay, Mo, so we're, we're starting to get all of this information and start to hear things about the free agency. We talked a little bit about running back. We talked about uh, the fact that, that Josh Jacobs... Um, is is somebody that they feel like they want to make a priority. At least that's what Tom Telesco said. You look at the other the free agent news out there, big news on Chris Jones uh, with Kansas City. A lot of Raider fans clearly uh, would like to see him in the middle of the Raiders' defense. Uh, but, you know, every time a big name is mentioned, uh, you have to think about the trade-offs. When you look at that pool and you start to see some of the, these names popping out there, um, what, what, what caught your eye in the last few days when it comes to free agency and, and possibilities for Las Vegas? Well, there are names still entering the free agent market because teams yep. you know, are releasing players or telling players that they intend to cut them before the new league year. But for me, I, when I, I wrote the Bleacher Report article, basically ranked all the positions in free agency, I think it's imperative that the Raiders uh, look at some offensive tackles in the draft because, again, the offensive tackle position in free agency isn't that deep. There's Michael Owenu, who I really like, who's played with the Patriots. Trent Brown is going to be a top name. We've already went down the Trent Brown road with the Raiders. Uh, (laughs) But there's not much uh, in terms of depth there. So this is why I said on X Tuesday that I think if it's not a quarterback for the Raiders at 13, I think it's going to be an offensive lineman, specifically a, a you know a tackle who's going to play on the right side opposite Colton Miller. What I will say, I think there's a strong possibility that the Raiders dress the cornerback position in free agency. I know a lot of fans want to see Jerry Sneed play for the Raiders, but apparently that, that may not happen because the Chiefs are going to push to keep him as well as Chris Jones. We'll see if they're able to keep them both. We don't know. But I think the Raiders are going to address the cornerback position in free agency because there is a little more depth at cornerback, in my Huge. opinion, than Huge. there is at offensive tackle and, and interior offensive line. So two positions that I would look at for the Raiders in free agency. Tom Telesco did say on Tuesday that because it's a first-year staff, he's going to have to lean on free agency a little bit more than he's you know accustomed mm-hmm. to. So mm-hmm. just pay attention to those words. I know, as I said, GMs don't really say much, give you much, but that stood out to me that – the Raiders are going to be very active in free agency. It may not be big contracts, but they may have some value there where they're just filling some spots because there are new staff coming in. Yeah, and we will we'll get into a little more detail uh, in the next episode or so, talking about that that 
cornerback free agent market. It's huge. There's a, there's there's a lot of good names out there uh, that that I think are available. And to your point, I think the Raiders are definitely leading them in. And 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 we go back to the, the the top of the draft. Depending what happens at the top of the draft, if they don't get a quarterback and they go offensive lineman, do they go quarterback second round or do they go cornerback second round? There's all sorts of scenarios there. But but uh, I agree on that. I mean, the, the the fact that they can go into free agency and address most of those positions, like you said, some of them you can't. Uh, defensive tackle has not been a position that they've drafted well. That was a different regime, so I'm not going to blame the guys that are there now. So so we can't go on past uh, performance because it wouldn't be indicative of what Tom Telesco has done. What he did in Los Angeles, you can get a little sense there, and uh, he had some good players that he drafted, obviously, clearly in L.A., uh, but he, he's always been a guy who's willing to add a player from the outside, and they'll have to do that. Also, uh, for your, your buddies in New York, uh, we heard Tom Telesco also shoot down the Devontae Adams trade rumors, and they weren't even rumors. They were just wishful thinking by some New York media and some folks Thank goodness. Uh, in, in the fan groups. But uh, listen, you know it, it, they're not looking to trade him. If if he wanted to be traded, different story. And that, and who knows? That could happen if the Raiders, if he's not happy with what the Raiders do in the offseason, who knows? But I don't think so. Clearly, we know though from what Tom Telesco said here at the combine, uh, he ain't going anywhere. That was the one thing he was really direct about, right, Scott? Yes. And there's a lot of GM speak, but he clearly said we're not interested in trading Devontae Adams, and it didn't take a grand wizard to figure that out. Right. fighting this battle with Jets fans for probably yeah. three, four months. Shout out to my boy. Shout out to my guy, Boy Green. He's a friend of mine. We, <laughs> we, do, it, we do it in jest. But there were some Jet fans who were really believing Javante Adams is going to be in, in Green's next season. Yeah. And I'm like, pause, pump the brakes a bit. Let's remember that Devontae Adams is one of the biggest supporters to keep Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce retains his job, removes the interim label. On top of that, he's a leader in the locker room. On top of that, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. And on top of that, I've been saying this since December. Look at Bryce Young and what's going on in Carolina. Carolina Panthers moved up for Bryce Young, but they gave up their top wide receiver to get him. And mm. now people are thinking Bryce Young is a bust. But what did he have around him? His best wide receiver was 33-year-old Adam Thielen. <laughs> you don't want to go down that route with a with no. a rookie quarterback. You want to have a a, a go to pass catcher if you're going to have mm -hmm. a rookie quarterback, or even just an inexperienced quarterback under center. You want to have your best playmaker there. And I think I've been shooting down these rumors. I know I can't do it officially because I'm not part of the Raiders, but I've been saying all along it never made any sense for the Raiders to Devontae Adams. And I'm glad Tom Tesco finally set, came out and said we're not trading Devontae Adams, which I was like. Duh, why would they? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, Mo, in addition to his obvious talent and, and what he means to the to the Raiders offense from that perspective, remember too, they're they're uncertain about Josh Jacobs. If he comes back great, if he doesn't, fine, whatever. But Devontae Adams is also a huge leader. He is you know, if, if, especially if Jacobs was gone, they're both good leaders in the in the locker room. But if you lose one of them and then you go out and get a young quarterback, and even even if Aiden O'Connell won the job, um, he's still young. And so you need that veteran leadership in that offensive locker room and in that huddle. And that's what Devonta Adams brings to. I think that's what people forget. I mean, ESPN even did a mock draft where they had him trading and then the Raiders drafting Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm like, what do you, what, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever just because of money. And it's like, clearly you're not watching and, and seeing what the salary cap situation is for the Raiders <laughs> recently helped by Jimmy Garoppolo's uh, desire to take the wrong meds. So, so yeah, so I think that you look at that situation and you say, okay, you know, there's, 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 we can put this one to bed and not worry about it. We've heard it the last two years. Um, and of course, 
Devontae last year was a little more vocal about some of the things he wasn't necessarily excited about. That was a different coach, different GM. Uh, it seems like he's in a really good place now. Right, and I think that's part of it is, is the people who were projecting Devontae has to be traded on the outside as far as just like media outlets. They, mm -hmm. I don't think they were following the Raiders very closely or what Devontae Adams his mood has been since Antonio Pierce took over. Now, if Daniels was still the head coach, I would say, yeah, there's a possibility Devontae Adams could be traded because he may not be happy. Yeah. But once the Raiders hired Antonio Pierce, brought in Luke Getzu, who worked with Devontae Adams in Green Bay, I felt like it was not a not a foregone conclusion, but I think it was more likely that there's no way they trade him and get rid of a, a big portion of their leadership, their best wide receiver. And oh, by the way, it's not really financially advantageous for the Raiders to trade Devonta Adams right now because they're right. a significant amount of dead cat money that they would have to hold on to. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see, we'll see how that all nets out as far as uh, if it, if it quiets down now, uh, although the Raiders making news again, primarily because there are some outlets who are not very positive about the Raiders, whether it's the coaching situation, whether it's the player situation, whether it's uh, where they sit in the draft, um, I think that people know that Raiders content gets people fired up. So for all of you out there, Raider Nation, you're responding to it. And so they, they keep doing it. Uh, and, and, and we're seeing that, too. And of course, you know, look, I, I, I look at it from this perspective. I mean, the Raiders are a really intriguing team because they seem to be close to that that playoff push that they could get in the playoffs. They won eight games last year after a, a horrific start. So you look at that and you say, OK, there's something to like there. But then. Again, the big question mark at quarterback, that's a tough one. I think people are looking at that, and until they see an answer, it's going to be hard to see some more, I think, positivity come out of uh, the folks that report on the league until until they see what, what the Raiders are doing and see see what Tom Telesco does, right? you got a free agencies coming in the next couple of weeks. So all these moves, then you'll get a better sense for where things are going, and I think people will do. Not that it matters all that much, but I, I explain that more so people understand why there's negativity because of – uh, obviously the history. So Tom Telesco was very complimentary of Aiden O'Connell, praising him mm -hmm. for taking over and, and basically leading an offense with a new, new offensive play caller yeah. after a coach in the middle of the season, played well, played well in the last leg of the year, was part of that blowout against Tom Telesco's former Chargers <laughs> team. And so he, he had a front row seat or he had, he was able to see how well Aiden O'Connell was able to recover and, and finish the season strong. So he's very, you know, he praised him, but you can kind of tell that the Raiders know that they still need at least at the very least, Aiden O'Connell needs viable competition for that starting job. They're not going to hand, hand the starting job to Aiden O'Connell. They have to find some answers or some possible other solutions at the quarterback position. And that goes to your point that, why people are still skeptical about whether the Reds can take the jump because it is a it is a quarterback league. You can have a you can have a great offensive line, you can have this all-star run this Pro Bowl mm -hmm. running back, this all pro wide receiver. But if your quarterback cannot consistently get your football team down the field, you're gonna most for the most part, you'd be stuck in mediocrity. And I'm not yeah. saying that's a O'Connell, but you have to have multiple options just to challenge and to make yeah. sure that there's some growth in the offseason for them. Correct. And I think that you, you look at it and I know some people uh, on our on our chat board have been sort of like, well, why are you guys so against Aiden O'Connell? It's not we're against Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell's a good kid. He's a good backup quarterback. But I think the, the, he's talking to people here who are in scouting, talking to people who cover the league, who have much more football background than I do, all have the same view. That does not mean that you have to like it. 
but I, I think it's they understand the limitations. It's not that he's not a good kid, good quarterback. It's just he has his limitations, and that will limit your team. Uh, if you had the the offensive line from the New England Patriots during their reign, okay, then maybe you get a little. But even then, the league has changed so much. You still got to win from the pocket, Mo. But you have to be able to move and create from the pocket too. And if the Raiders can't do that, it doesn't matter who's at wide receiver. It doesn't matter who's at running back. If you can't do that, and again, I. I, I I'm getting in discussions with people and they're saying, well, we don't necessarily have to get a quarterback in the first round. And I said, well, if you look at the playoffs this year, the NFL playoffs, all but one of those quarterbacks was taken in the first round. We hear a lot about how, well, it's never a guarantee. 60% of them don't make it or 60% make 40. But I look at the playoffs this year and all but one of them was a first round draft pick. I'm not saying in the top three, like Mahomes was a number 10 pick, but they're all first-round quarterbacks. The NFL knows, and being around the folks here from teams around the league, everybody says the same thing. So whether you agree or not, that's the prevailing thought. Well, Scott, what is the what is the hit rate on quarterbacks in the second round? It's not yeah. as good as hit rates in the quarterbacks <laughs> in the first round. So if you Thank if you. you're if you're bristling over well quarterbacks, this percentage don't make it when you trade up or when you draft them in, in the first round with a top ten. What is the hit rate of quarterbacks drafted in the second round that lead their team to the playoffs? I mean, yeah. you, you can mention Jalen Hurts. Derek Carr became a starter for the Raiders but didn't win a yeah. playoff game. But how many other second, third-round guys are winning Super Bowls? Russell Wilson comes to mind. But compare mm-hmm. that to the number of first-round guys Correct. who get their team to the playoffs and to the Super Bowl. The numbers are are overwhelmingly leading to the first round. Right, and that's, where, that's why I use that number from the playoffs this year because – you can't argue with that. I mean, look who's there, right? Again, they don't always win in the playoffs. They don't always win a Super Bowl. Uh, but then, you know, for the people who say, yeah, but Tom Brady was taken in the sixth round. It's like, yes, but how many six-round quarterbacks won a Super Bowl? None, except for him. So there you go. And Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's another one. Somebody will tell me if I am. But I, I, I think that you have to look at that. And this is why, again, the Raiders, with, with the needs they have, that's the first thing they need to address. And... I will respectfully tell you you're wrong if you say anything else because that's that's how you win in the NFL. You need everything else, Mo, right? It's not that they don't need to build the roster, but you can you can trade up, give away, or I should say give up capital to get that quarterback, let's say to get up to number three. That does not mean you can't fill those other spots, i.e. like you talked about via free agency or through the draft as well. What I will say is that, and I want to be clear when I say this, mm-hmm. if Aiden O'Connell... He, he deserves to be in competition for the starting job. If he right. wins the starting job, so be it. That means that he's made, you know, great leaps during the offseason mm-hmm. and improvements mm-hmm. over time, and he could, he could start. Right. But I'm not handing him the starting job is my, is my right. point because I think people are misconstruing that we don't think Aiden O'Connell will be anything other than a backup ever. And I think right now he's a backup caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, but he hasn't done enough to prove that he's a – surefire starter franchise guy yet and until you find that franchise guy you bring in competition to to have the best best quarterback win the job and start week one of the season what up y'all it's your boy danny green three-time nba champ you either rooted for me or rooted against me join myself and my co-host harrison sanford on the inside the green room podcast it's a podcast that brings you never before told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the nba right now whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops this podcast brings you the game like never before follow inside the green room on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts 
Right. And when I talk about that, a lot of folks are always like, well, he didn't throw an interception his last four games. It doesn't matter. If you watch the numbers and you watch the film and what he did, um, num- you can you can do whatever you want with him. I can make cases for him and cases against him. Uh, but to your point, I think that he gets the opportunity to go in and, and try to earn the job. And you want that. Just like every position, you want competition. And at quarterback, especially because it's the most important position on the field. So he'll be in the mix there. And then whoever the other two quarterbacks, because they will have to bring in two other quarterbacks, will be, uh, that, that'll do. And to your point, if, if the coaching staff believes, if Luke Getze, if Antonio Pierce believe that he's the best quarterback they have heading into the season, then he'll start. Uh, if he's not, then it'll be somebody else. So that's what, uh, that's what they get paid for. We don't get paid to do that. We get to pontificate about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, they get to make the choice. And thank God for that, because they know more about football than we do. So Scott, really uh, quick. Yeah. I, I, well, and I'm not trying to poke holes in Daniel Collins' performance, but I, I hear yeah. a lot of people say, well, he had about you know eight touchdown passes, zero interceptions in the last four games. In two of those four games, he didn't complete 60% of his passes, though. Correct. If you're gonna if you're gonna point That's out his I mean. stats, tell the whole story, give the whole right. context of his numbers, not just the numbers that support your argument. Right. And we go back to the game where he, uh, the Chiefs game where he didn't have a completion after the first quarter, right? Uh, and so that's that's a big deal in the NFL. Like you 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 yes, people have bad games. Don't get me wrong, uh, but when you're a rookie and you're trying to earn a sp- position and you're looking for your quarterback of the future from a franchise perspective, uh, those are red flags. And when you see those things happen. Uh, you have to take them uh, and 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 consider them as you move forward. So that's where they're at. Um, but we'll 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 see uh, at the quarterback position what happens, Mo, because uh, that's going to be the until until we figure out what's going to draft. Now they could if they if they go out and they sign a free agent, if they go get a Gardner Minshew or somebody like that, then we'll have a little bit of our answer early, uh, and and then we'll start to say, well, if they went out, because I, I I still think if they do that, Mo, if they brought him in unless it was a like Russell Wilson, which I still don't think is going to happen. But if, if it was, if it's somebody like Minshew or Brissett or somebody like that, that doesn't tell me that they're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. In fact, it, it, it almost confirms it versus if they were going to go get a, a frontline starter like a Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying they're going to pay for that. But if they did that, then you're like, well, wait a minute. Now they're not focused on the young quarterback. They're focused on a guy who's going to come in and do it right away. So, so I think that we'll, we'll know more about their plan, but we won't know about the draft until that day. Right, and I agree with you there. If it's Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson, those guys expect to be stars wherever they go. So they, you're probably st- rolling with one of those two guys for at least one, you know, two years, mm-hmm. and and then you're I don't want to say kicking the quarterback can down the road when it comes to the draft, but you you're not as worried about the position, you know, before those guys are signing. Now, if they go as you said with Brissett you know, then you're probably like, okay, this is definitely a bridge gap guy. He's not the frame. He's not going to be the franchise guy. No, He's going to yeah. compete with Aiden O'Connell, but the Raiders will probably then draft a rookie to, think, to then compete with whoever they size a bridge gap and Aiden O'Connell. And as I said a few minutes ago, made the best quarterback win a quarterback battle at training camp. Absolutely. And we're going to talk more about quarterbacks next week. We're going to bring Chrissy Freud back on. We'll get her impressions of the quarterbacks that did throw and work out here at the combine and see if any of them pop uh, and, and there'll be good discussion for us. But the quarterback conversation is going to go on. We'll see how it all unwraps. But uh, we're going to wrap up this show early today because Mo and I both have combine work to do. Uh, but we will get back to you and we will do mailbag next week. So if you called in this week, uh, I, the, from, from the calls that I saw, they pretty much can carry over. So we'll get you on next week. We'll have a, a longer segment there, or maybe even two depending how you guys get excited about that stuff. So we'll, we'll see what goes on there. But Mo, I know you're covering the combine for Bleacher Report 
as I am as well. What do you got coming the rest of the week that you need to tell folks about? Biggest draft questions uh, before the workouts start Thursday. So while the guys are at the podium now, the workouts on the field televised to everyone won't start until Thursday. I'll have the biggest draft questions that teams are still wrestling with that they may still be uh, coming to terms with or deciding factors moving around their draft boards. I I'll say, you know, okay, this team, what's the biggest question here? And what are the possible solutions? You know, mm -hmm. what do I think the Bears are going to do? Uh, are the Raiders really going to move up for a quarterback in the draft? I'll have my opinions on that. What, what will the Chargers do? I know this is a Raider podcast, but it's important to keep tabs on the <laughs> enemy as well and figure out, okay, where are the Chargers headed with their new regime with Jim Harbaugh leading the way over there as, a, as the head coach of that squad? Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Division two, I spent, uh, I spent part of yesterday listening to Sean Payton from the Broncos who, boy, I got to tell you, man, there's there's definitely some self love going on there. Uh, he he really uh, thinks thinks highly of himself. I'll put it that way. It it kind of drips off. It's pretty remarkable. I, I had uh, our good friend Benjamin Albright from KOA was there. Finally got to meet him in person, and um, we were talking about that too because he he told me last year you know what it was like to interact with coach and and certainly was on. But the amazing thing was Mo. I couldn't believe it. he should run for senate because. There was a question about quarterback, of course, because the whole Russell Wilson thing, and everybody knows they're going to release Russell Wilson unless somebody will trade for him, which is highly doubtful, but nonetheless. Um, and so he gave a four-and-a-half-minute answer. Now, these sessions are about 10 to 15 minutes long for, for all the questions for these coaches and GMs. He went on four-and-a-half minutes talking about quarterbacks and, and weaving into how quarterbacks and their size matter it was basically like a, yeah, Russell Wilson's too small. I mean, that's what I was taking away from it. It was so crazy. Uh, but, uh, but he filibustered. So it was, it was remarkable uh, to see all that kind of stuff going on, but we'll, we'll bring you more uh, from, from the combine next week. I'll bring you some of my, my insights and, and what else we're able to, to find out here. Uh, but we will, we'll be back early next week with that. And then uh, we'll start to talk about free agency. We might even hear about some moves there's a lot of deals that happen here at the Combine, and then once you get out of the Combine, they start leaking out, even though they can't become official until the 14th. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll bring you all of that uh, very soon. Mo, enjoy covering the rest of the Combine, and I will enjoy walking down the hallways and people asking me, where's Mo? Where's Mo? Where's Mo? Where's Mo? <laughs> the, the modern version of where's Waldo now all of a sudden. Uh, yes. give, give everyone my, my best wishes and hellos to the people people that you uh bump into knows who you know who you might see there at the combine i'm sure you you've told me on, on text how many people you've run into already yeah so again um a lot of people looking for me out there <laughs> never know when you might bump into me i will say that I, but i am I, not I, at the combine i know and i i told i told our friend q myers i said you know if, if mo would or only had been here we could walk around as the Raider Oreo, like you on one side, him on the oh, other side. Oh my goodness. And me in the middle. I mean, you know, hey, I try try to keep it light. <laughs> a lot of serious business going on here with this football. <laughs> Scott, right, I have everyone. a friend. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Scott, I have a friend in yeah. Indiana who says if you're if if you are interested in donating blood, stop by the blood drive out there and donate blood because uh people need it. I was told what? to give that message. Blood drive. Okay, so your friend in Indianapolis, um, where is the blood drive? Is it is it near where I'm at? Like I can go give my blood. I have to find out uh, where okay. she is right now. But okay. uh, she, you know, different every day. She's in a different area. Okay, 
in Indiana. And I think she was not far from you on Tuesday. So she was like, tell them to come by and donate some blood. We need some As long as she gives me a glass of orange juice and a cookie, I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) You know how they do that when you get blood, right? Right. It'll be fun. So, uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. And maybe, maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll go down there into the, into the combine workout room and just get a bunch of those big dudes. Hey, you guys have more blood. Don't you have a lot of blood? (laughs) You know what? You can get blood before your workout. It won't. It won't hamper your workout at all. <laughs> oh I'll man! I'll find out her whereabouts and pass that along. Pass that information along to you. That sounds good. I appreciate it, my friend. Take care of yourself. All right, everybody. Uh, from the combine, this is Scott Branson, of course. Uh, Silver and black today. Want to thank Mo for uh, for putting up with me because I was late in us getting this this episode recorded because no of some assignments we had. But uh, we appreciate you guys all being with us. A little bit different format than usual. Uh, but that's what happens when you're on location. And I don't even know, like this internet ho- is holding up, thank goodness, but we don't know. But uh, we appreciate it. We also appreciate our producer, Mike Robier and everybody at Odyssey Sports uh, for being there and appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your audio. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button plus the notifications bell and that thumbs up. We appreciate it. For Mo, I'm Scott, and we will talk to you next week here on Silver and Black Today. Take care, everybody. <laughs>